Hello and welcome everyone. I'm honored to be your host today. My name is April J. Ford. I'm an author, purpose-driven entrepreneur, and philanthropist. But some just call me the alchemist of adversity. I just released my third publication titled You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy, dedicating the proceeds to the nonprofit Joy's Gift. Since it was just released and became a bestseller in one hour, number one on its debut day, I'll be hosting a series of shows here highlighting some of the experts and topics mentioned in this publication, experts from various fields that have helped me transition from tragedy to triumph, from health and wellness, parenting, success and business, love and relationships, spirituality, personal development, and just the reality of women being burned out and overwhelmed. This book is for you if you answer yes to any of these questions, and I'll share just a little snapshot from the introduction. Was there ever a time when you felt you were overcompensating your dreams, your values, your health, or more, only to realize the outcome of these compromises led to stress, weight gain, anxiety, fear, or even depression? Maybe you put everyone else's needs before your own and discover this compromise led you to feel alone. Have you been suffering in silence but you don't know why? Has life presented you with a challenge that has left you feeling alone as you try to navigate where you're supposed to go? If you said yes to any of this, you are not alone. With all the roles we women play as a wife, a mother, sister, career climber ladder, entrepreneur, and many more responsibilities with other titles, we run the risk of ignoring or diluting our health and wellness, our spirituality, our parenting, our love and relationships, our happiness, and our success until these elements are disrupted or even eventually destroyed. To find out more about my work, you can go to either www.joysofya.com or if you'd like to get involved with helping Joy's Gift, a nonprofit for widows and abused women and youth, go to www.joysgift.org. So getting on with today's show, the purpose of Journey to Success is to interview people who are making a difference in the world and to help encourage and inspire others to do the same with their lives. Today's focus is on parenting. It is a lifelong career itself. However, there is no manual, no job description, no pay structure, and definitely there is no clocking in or out. It's a lifelong, on-the-job training. Being a mom by itself, we all know, has many sub-roles. So my guest today is Carrie-Anne Casillas. Carrie-Anne is a single mother of five with two grandchildren, she started her family at a very young age. She was only 15 years old when she had her first child and second child at 16. By the time she was 20, she had her third child. At 21 years old, she broke up with her boyfriend at the time and was alone and addicted to meth. Soon after the breakup, she found herself in a relationship with someone else, and in the next five years, she had two more children. She spent a lifetime of running from God and trying to self-medicate. 
It wasn't until she had her last daughter and CPS walked in the hospital room and told her she couldn't take her baby home, and that's when she started to wake up. That was 16 years ago. Today, Carrie leads a single parenting class where she provides hope to other single parents and helps them find healing through the love of Christ. Welcome to Journey to Success, Carrie. Glad to have you with us. How are you today? Well, thank you uh, very much, April. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, and um, surprisingly, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I think I've shared with you recently I um, became unemployed and after being at a job for 14 years. And so, um, I mean, I'm having a lot of time to reflect. <laughs> it's been really good. Right, right. Well, it sounds like your spirits are up and know that there's always blessings, um, even when we face hardships. Um, like that challenge that you're presented with now. Yeah, yes, amen. God is good, and um, I'm so thankful that, uh, you know, his word does help us. He will never leave us, not forsake us. So I know that I'm not on this journey alone, um, and so I look to him uh, for my strength every day. Oh, that's that's beautiful. You know what, we actually met when I used to live in the Sacramento area before moving to where I am now in Orange County. And I took the single parenting course that you led, you know, through the church of our church, you know, when I used to attend up there. You know, in my latest book, You Are Not Alone, there's a chapter in there about parenting itself. And I personally shared what I learned from you in the course. And I wanted to ask you, what motivates you to lead this class? Um. That's that's a big question. Um, you know, it's it's really I recognize that in my life I've made some decisions, um, really selfish decisions um, in myself, trying to self medicate and trying. Uh, how do I put this into words? I have I recognize I've caused pain in my children's lives um, based on decisions that I've made, and mm-hmm. um, it's my hope to share the love of Jesus Christ with parents so that they know it's not the end of the world or just because we're single parents. And, and it could be from all kinds of circumstances, whether it's widowed or divorced or never married or, you know, people find themselves in, in, in situations where they become a single parent that sometimes our, our own choices cause us to be single parents and other times, it's, you know, life happens and, and we become single parents. But I just I want to share with people the love of Jesus Christ that, that number one says that we're not alone, and number two we're not victims that you know we can rise above our situations. And, um, right, right. You know what inspired me about the class, you know, that you led, Carrie, um, you being the leader and facilitator. You know, we had great video tutorials to watch each week, along with the workbook, of course, but. When you're able to learn from someone who is walking or has walked in the path of the subject matter that you're teaching, you know, to me that holds more credentials. You know, how did this opportunity of te- teaching this course in single parenting come your way? How did it come in your path? That's an amazing story. Um, if I can, I'm going to have to take you back just um, a little bit. I was at a church um, in the Outgrove area where I served for, um, attended that church for. 10 years, and at the end of the 10 years, uh, I think it was 2012, 11 or 12, um, I felt like the Lord was just telling me that it was time to leave that church. 
And as hard as that was, I attended church with family and friends that, you know, I had just learned to love and grow with. And um, I cried. I cried and I cried um, for months. And I prayed about it and I fasted and I I, um, I just kept going to the Lord going, like, really? Do you, you want me to leave? Like, I, I didn't understand. It was my first, like, I don't know, my big experience with, with the Lord just really showing me that it was time to, to move out and get out of the box, right? Right. Um, so I felt led to attend Capital Christian Center. And so I kind of gradually, because I want to test the waters, I kind of gradually um, started to move over to Capital Christian Center. And as I did, they had a singles ministry that I began to get involved in, became a table leader, and then soon we, I, I moved my kids and, and um, I'm sorry if I'm stumbling, um, completely over to Capital Christian Center. Um, and then I went through the base camp, became a member at Capital Christian Center, and um, in the singles ministry, as a table leader, I was sitting in the boardroom. We were having a meeting one day, and um, the pastor, our pastor of the singles ministry, passed around a piece of paper that said, um, there's a brand-new curriculum coming to Capital Christian Center, and they didn't have anyone to lead it. And as I read the curriculum of the single and parenting class, I can't even explain to you how inside my spirit was so excited. Oh, and wow. I always just like if my spirit was jumping up and down, like, you're here, you're here. Um, so I remember quietly going over to the pastor, and I just let him know how excited I was and that I wanted to go home and pray about it, but I believed that this is why God had called me to this church. Wow, so perfect timing. And like you said, it was a new course being offered um, right when you transitioned and found a, a new church as your home. Oh. Yeah, it was within about a year of being at Capital Christian Center when the when the um, we had that meeting. And, right, um, right. Now, yeah. Now, in the course, you know, we learn about various topics, you know, within parenting because we all know parenting has many roles and responsibilities from managing money and career, you know, your health, being tired and overwhelmed, expectations and discipline of your kids. Um, emotional stability, dating, you know, and more. Do you have a favorite? area of a topic that you like to teach? Emotional stability. Oh, that's a big one. Well, why that one? Why did you pick that one? I I love that one because it's so important um, for us to take ownership of of who we are in, in our in our um, emotions. And um, I think the whole thing of, of being able to forgive and and to move forward in our lives. Um, we know that the Word says that we are a new creation in Christ, the old is dead. And, but, but I think recognizing that when we come to the Lord, we have so much emotional baggage. Um, and, and I believe through that emotional, it's actually a two-part series um, in the single parenting class because there's so much that deals with our emotions. And, um, and it's really talking about having to forgive and not playing the blame game and accepting responsibility for, for us and our actions, you know, and, and getting in touch with our emotional side. I think it's so right. important. Yeah, I think that is important when you speak on forgiveness and really trusting, you know, trusting in the Lord of certain situations and circumstances, but, yes, um, understanding and being responsible of our emotions. And it's not about, um, you know, drawing a line of okay, this is bad emotion or good emotions. All emotions are just emotions. But if you're able to 
um, recognize emotion and how you respond to it, you know, whether it's stress, grief, sadness, anger, whatever it may be, I think that's a big um, uh, catapult for you as far as a learning curve. Yeah, I think so many of us are driven by fear, you know, and there's, there's so many emotions that we, you know, sometimes we just respond based off our emotions, you know, and if we can get to the root of of our emotions, you know, what causes us to fear, you know, what causes us to get angry, you know. Um, I think that when we can get in touch with that um, and and be able to forgive, you know, people or things in our past and be able to move forward in, in who Christ created us to be, I think there's so much growth potential there. Yeah, and and like you said at the beginning of the interview, it's when you were able to recognize you made selfish decisions and our decisions are based on our emotions how do we interpret our emotions and how do we react to them or do we let our emotions control us would you say those two go hand in hand yes yes i lived that way for so long i did i definitely i allowed my emotions to to basically rule me they yeah, I I I I, I want to say I learned I, just in these last two years through the single parenting class and, and some other Bible studies and in-depth Bible studies that I've been doing um, to really search myself, you know, um, and recognizing that that my past does not dictate my future, that I just right. take responsibility for today and you know tomorrow's, and it's all about surrendering. You know, our past, our fears, our even our emotions of surrendering that to Jesus Christ and finding out who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Developing that relationship with him, right. Yeah, and yeah. just to pick another one of the topics, uh, I think that's pretty big with um, uh, mothers as well as single mothers. It's, you know, balancing work, life, family, and, and personal life of the topic of being tired and overwhelmed, you know, I would be the first to raise my hand and say I do practice what I preach and teach in my books, although I will say I'm not perfect. You know, just recently I had to take a time out for myself to recharge and balance. Um, you Are Not Alone went from pen to publication in 60 days, meaning the writing piece was done in about 30 days, you know, running the schedules for that, embarking on a speaking tour, building the nonprofit, and, of course, my two kids. But I was able to recognize before crashing or truly burning out, um, based on what I've learned in your class, the wellness modalities I practice, and other methods and techniques that I share. And I think one thing that stands out to me from the class, um, I don't know if it was a quote that you said or maybe in the workbook, it's Matthew eleven twenty eight. you know, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And if we ha- develop and recognize that, relationship with Christ, that like he is there to restore us. Yes, amen. He is definitely there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that that's that's what – I was just sharing this. I, I just had coffee with uh, my aunt this morning, and we were talking about this. You know what I love more than anything? It's, um, you always there, – there's always one parent in the class. And I don't know – if you can relate to me, when, when our children, if they're learning something new at school or something where they have that aha moment where it's like, oh, I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. I find that at single you know. parenting class, we have parents where they have that aha moment where it's like, Yeah, oh, I mean, I I think if I pull out my old workbook, I probably made notes and highlights and big yeah. quotations on, on <laughs> my workbook 
of those moments for me. It wasn't just one. It was probably like a couple if I, br- you know, bring out my notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. would encourage, if not that parenting class, any parenting class. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a wonderful um, curriculum, if I can say, um, put on by the Church Initiative. So I don't know if you're familiar with Divorce Recovery, uh, Grief Share, and Single and Parenting. They put out yeah. the curriculum yeah, for, for these um, classes. And they're just amazing, amazing workbooks um, to help. Um, I, yeah, I know sometimes people say, I wish there was something, um, you know, when I was raising my kids, or something like that, because I, I, I feel like the single and parenting curriculum really touches on what single people go through. It's not like a made-up story of this fake family that you can't right. really see. Right. I, I love the way they, um, they've they set up the, uh, the DVDs and the books where we can really relate to what they're going through. And, you know, they always go to the Word of God and use Scripture to encourage us, um, to remind us what God says about our children, to remind us who God says we are, um, and that's what I love about this book. Yeah, and let's let's talk about that a little bit in more in detail. You know, with your own experience, um, you know, having five children and two grandchildren, and then hearing the stories in the courses that you lead and facilitate, what would you say are the common denominators for single parents that present a challenge? Um denominators that present a challenge for the um, parents, I, I think I yeah. the time. Um, there's just not enough time in a day as a single parent for um, sports and school and work and ma- managing all of that time. Time management? Um, okay. And what would well, you I, say, um, now that you were able to um, recognize that from, like I said, your own personal experience or hearing other people's stories or personal stories. Um, have you given them simple solutions to th- this type of challenge? What would you recommend? I, You know, really I recommend um, it's all about finding balance. You know, I think that as single parents sometimes they're too afraid to ask for help and um, that it's okay to ask for help. You know, that's like key. Um but really it's about finding balance and knowing that it's okay. We can't do everything. We, we want to help our kids and encourage our kids um, to play sports. I know I coach my you know, daughter's little league. I've been team mom like on every baseball team and then uh, coached adult um, softball. And so I've, I've been involved and I know that busyness, but, but it's also about finding balance. So for us, it was like my daughter – you know, would play baseball one year and then my son would play basketball in the next season. But it wasn't, you know, we couldn't do everything at the same time. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty typical in a normal household, household yeah. even even in mine. I mean, last night, you know, my daughter had um, dance practice at 5.30 to 6.30 and my son had basketball from 6 to 7. Now, luckily, it's it's in the same location. I don't have to drive like a mad woman <laughs> getting from one place to another within 30 minutes. Um, but I, but I do understand, like you said, it's that, that word of quote unquote balance, if there is such a thing as balance, but I think it's more of setting boundaries more than balance boundaries and realistic expectations. Um, yeah. Because we end up, you know, overcompensating. And I talk about that in the book too. What are the risks of overcompensating? It could lead to stress. Weight gain, depression, anger, resentment, guilt, it, I mean, it just goes on and on. 
Um, but it's good that you pointed that out, that those are some simple, practical tools to practice. It does take discipline, and asking for help is is a big one, too. Yeah, I, I, I have a heart. Like, I, I really want to grow this into a ministry where, where we can help one another. We have a lot of single dads um, and dads of daughters and mm. who don't know how to respond to their daughters, you know. And, and so it's like, I, I don't know how, and I'm just still talking about it, but, you know, I would love where we in our in our ministry can be big sisters to, to those little girls. Um, you know, yeah, dads, right, right. You know, how, yeah, let's... Exactly, exactly. You know, let's talk about, you know, the challenges on the kids. I believe um, I quoted um, a quote from Pew Research that was done, you know, indicating over half of the households who had both parents together, you know, working, they said it was difficult to manage their kids and their work, and we can only imagine what single parents have to say about that. I remember when I took the course with you, how the complexities of living in a dual household can be difficult on the kids themselves in, in between a transition. I think we called it the, you know, being citizens of two governments, the complexities and challenges that kids have of, you know, on, on Mondays, these are the rules and regulations when you're at mom's house, but when you go to dad's house on, on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever the schedule is, these are the rules and regulations routine at dad's house, and that can present some some conflict on the kids. Yes, yes, I hear a lot of that um, in the in the single parenting class, and, and, and yeah, rules are different, and um, some parents allow kids just to get away with anything, and yeah, they they have trouble with that. Um, I didn't really face too much of that um, with my last two children, uh, Ronnie and Desiree. Their dad has never been involved, and so I've had them 100% of the time. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, in my particular situation, I'm widowed, so I didn't have to, like you said, um, have that as a factor of balancing a schedule between which households. So, but it, but it was a topic that did come up during class that presents challenges, and it's unfortunate that the kids are in the middle, and sometimes when the two parents who are now separated or divorced, whatever the case may be, sometimes it's not a, a nice breakup, and, and it's um, there's a lot of anger and resentment, and um, like I said, the kids may be stuck in the middle of the war ground, the battlefield, the war grounds. Yes, I find that... Um there, there are a couple, you know, a, a few people in the class who deal with those different circumstances, and they're definitely learning um, how to balance that, you know. And and I think more than anything, just being upfront as you can, as with your children, you know, and and being able to talk to them and saying, I understand that this is okay, you know, at mom's house, but but here, you know, we're going to do it this way. Um, and I agree with you 100%. That's got to be hard on the children, um, but, but I know that they're learning to work through that, and especially with through prayer and um, and surrendering it, and especially learning how to pray for your spouse. You know, that's important too yeah. um, because um, we, we want to pray, you know, for our ex-spouse and because, again, they're, they're the, the uh, other half, you know, for your children, and you want them to be able to have a relationship with them. So we know it's important, very, very important, never to put down, um, you know, their their other parent in front of them and, 
you know, always um, to be respectful of that. Um, so I, I don't know if I answered that the way you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, you, you brought up some good points. Like you said, respecting the other person and try to understand, uh, you know, where the, where the kids are and understand the difficulties that this situation is presenting. But also it goes back to, you know, sometimes, like I said, in maybe certain situations where the breakup, separation, divorce, or whatever the case may be, I think some parents are just plain selfish that, you know, they put their their emotions, and it goes back to controlling your emotions of, you know, maybe they're angry at their former spouse or former companion, and now the kids are suffering from that, as opposed to putting the child's uh, needs first in front of their own emotions. Yeah, I, I've been, you know what's been really nice about the single parenting group, and I don't know that it will change. Um, so far we're on our third I want to say it's our third session. We um, we hold this class twice a year at Capital Christian Center, once in the spring and then again in the fall. So this is our third session. And, and, and so far, the classes have always been filled with people who desire to grow. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that by having that these people are willing um, to grow and to take the information from single parenting and apply it, you know. Um, and I think... A lot of them express how they, uh, most importantly, is open communication with their kids, you know, um, being able to talk to them about what's going on age-appropriately, you know. Um, right. right. Yeah, so I, I think that that's key. And, and so I say that to say that we haven't had too many parents um, struggle with the other parent. It's been in the beginning of their breakup where things were hard, but now, over time, they've learned um, to have relationships and, um, you know, when to speak up and when not to, um, but really um, being open with their children about the situation, too. Right. And, and going back to focusing on the children, I think one of the other challenges, at least for me, is your your parenting style, your parenting technique on each child you know, as each one is different. I mean, I'm sure you know with five kids, and I have two kids, and I can't remember the phrase, but it's something along the lines of, you know, when you only have one tool and that's a hammer, you basically treat everything like a nail when we all know that each person, each child develops differently, they learn differently, they're motivated differently. So you can't have one shoe fits all when you're when it comes to parenting um, your children. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> right, with you know, you have five kids, so I'm sure you didn't just teach one way. And being a parent is about teaching, really teaching your child. I, I, yeah, there are ground rules that we have at the house that are rules for everyone. Um, but I think that the way that I approach my children is right. different. With right, them. yeah, it's about the approach. How do you, um, how do you teach them? Right, right. Yeah. Now let's step outside the box a little bit. What about for those? that know a person who is a single parent, what are the some things that they can do to offer support and help to that person, and how can they do that? Because we know it might be, like you said, it could be challenging to ask for help sometimes. If you know somebody who's a single parent, what can you do to offer support and help, and how do you do that? Um, you know, maybe offering to take uh, their child out for a movie one day or even just uh, letting them, you know, go over to your house for a while so that mom can do grocery shopping alone or um, or just giving mom or dad 
you know, some time to themselves. Um, that would be nice. Or, you know, sometimes even just taking something to let them know that you're thinking of them. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I think that parents feel so alone and that no one really cares about them, you know? I yeah, and I, and I think it goes to not leaving that open-ended request of, oh, let me know what I can do to help. You know, that's that's really vague in general. Right. <laughs> I think it's it's right. actually like being direct of like, okay, I'm, is it okay if I take the kids out for the movies on Friday, whatever? Or, hey, I'm going to come over. Is that okay? I'll do dinner. It's more of a specific um, request, not a re- yeah. request, more of an offer. And I think yeah. that's probably more helpful because it's either yes or no as opposed to let me know what I can do to help, and that's just so vague in general. We don't know oftentimes what that means. <laughs> yeah. I was um, thankfully surrounded by some amazing people early in my walk with the Lord, um, grounded families. Um, I surrounded myself with married people, um, but I, there was so much I wanted. I was eager to learn. And um and I surrounded myself with, with a, a lot of uh, older married people who I learned so much from. And um, I had one lady in our church, and I know God just put this on her heart. She's, she's here. I love her to death. Um, but And just had to be all God. But she would come up to me, and she would say, you know, hey, how's Ronnie doing in uh, basketball? And I'd tell her, you know, he's great. And, and she would just come out of nowhere. She's like, hey, I'd like to pay for his next session. Oh, um, wow. And I, I was things. like. Yeah, yeah, truly. Uh-huh. Was, wow, yeah, yeah, it, it was amazing. I mean, and she would do that, like, once or twice a year, you know, because she knew my son played basketball, like, you know, it was like every eight weeks a new session had started or something, and um, so she knew the struggles. Sometimes she would just bring a basket of, you know, fruits or, um, you know, things to have around the house, snacks for the kids and stuff like that. Um, I had another family who would just, you know, Put my son under his wing because he didn't. My son didn't have a dad, and um, they really felt strongly about just having, you know, being a part of his life. And they would call right, and say, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, having that father figure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they'd say, "Hey, you know, we have two sons. We'd love to take your son camping with us this weekend. Can we take your, you know, can we take him with us?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that that'd be great." You know, so it was things like that that really helped me to grow in in having relationship with people, they would they open that door, you know. Um, right. I, I I hear a lot of single people say that they they don't like going around the married people and all they get to hear is the married stuff. And I'm like, man, we have so much that we can learn from other people, you know. Right. And I right. I think people really do want to help. They just don't know how. And sometimes. Yeah, you know, like I said, you know how. You know, if you were yeah. if you knew somebody single, how would you? you know, help them. And it's, and again, I think the big key is not having that open-ended um, re- request or offer yeah. of, yeah. okay, let me know what I can do. Well, you know what, sometimes we don't know what we can ask you or what you're capable of giving, so we just don't ask. <laughs> right, right. Or you don't want to impose or you don't want to make it seem like you're a victim. And, you know, yeah, people hold back. But, man, if God puts something on your heart to you know, to go and speak into someone's life or, or to help in a single parent's yeah, life. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, just do, do it. it. Just do the it. offer. Here. <laughs> you never right. know. You can change the life of somebody else just by getting involved. Yeah. I remember a story, I think it's been, gosh, maybe a year or two years now, and I probably touched a little bit on this in the book. Of I was talking to um, 
I'm not trying to say names here because I don't want to embarrass them on the radio. I was talking to my friend's husband, and he was saying, oh, yeah, just one day him and his son were thinking about my son, Alan. And he's like, yeah, we were thinking about picking him up, just hanging out, you know, just having a boy's day out. And and I said, well, what happened? Because I never got that phone call to pick up Alan. He's like, well, I, we kind of figured that you got it all taken care of and you didn't need any help or whatever. And I'm looking at him like, well, I may not need the help, but I would like or want the help to, you know, just have a free day or just have, yeah, let him have fun with just the boys, like a boy's night out or something, you know, playing basketball or whatever it may be. But he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe it's like just on my part asking for help and on their part it's, you know, putting in that offer of, you just never know. I think it's more of just awkwardness. People don't know how to ask or how to offer. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And um, yeah, it's all you know, led by the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit prompts you um, to get involved, I think sometimes we just like you don't know if that's really the Lord. You know, and it's like ah, and you and then all those thoughts come through your head. Like I said, you know, you don't want to get involved. You don't want to or you don't want to make somebody feel bad. You know, that's another good one. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely, definitely. If you know there's a single parent in your church and finding ways that you can help, yeah, that, that's good. So yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll be graciously receiving your help. I can tell you that from my experience. <laughs> yeah. And since, you know, since the course, you know, is faith-based, let's talk about the last topic here before we close out of really having – patience and grace for our kids just as Christ has given us because I know I can confess that before I had kids I really had no patience I mean if people think I don't have patience now I would say that people that do know me that since having kids I have grown um, some patience I'm still working on it so we're at work in progress but I've come a long way Uh, what can you say about that of having patience on our kids and giving them grace I'm gonna I'll share something. This is this is a um, something I battled with as a single parent. Um, I I always found that in uh, two parent homes where it always seems like you have one's the good guy and one's the bad guy, right? You always have one that the the kids are always running to. Mm-hmm. I said I can't do this, or um, <laughs> and in the single parent home, your kids don't have that. And so I always found that I had to be the disciplinary. And right. And then also, yes, knowing when to show grace because mm-hmm. I didn't always want to be the bad guy. And um, especially with my son, uh, my son was a, a big part of uh, – I, I battled uh, with him a lot, but I, re- I learned to recognize – and I'm telling you, I learned to recognize it through single parenting. It was based on my fear. I was afraid of what he was going to turn out like because he was in a single-parent home with, with just me. When I battled with, I didn't want him to be afraid of women, you know. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense to you. I didn't want him um, to not, you know, to be afraid of women or... Or, um, or not have that healthy to... relationship, yeah, exactly. with a woman. Exactly, exactly. And um, so I I found that in, in the years when he was in junior high, I was I did a lot of yelling. And um, it was honestly, it was through single and parenting where I... Um, I learned how unhealthy that is and what damage I was doing. And right. um, I had I had to go to him and I had to apologize. 
I I told him that I recognize that that I do a lot of yelling, that that's not how I want to respond, and I apologized for my actions. And then I just said that, you know, going forward, I'm going to do my best to not to yell, you know. And um, it's been a journey. Like you said, we're all a work in progress, work in progress, but um, but it's been good. I can have conversations. He's, uh, he's 18 now, and, you know, we can have some really good conversations without having to yell. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we should discipline our kids and have rules, limitations, and boundaries, but at the end of the day, you know what, we're the adults and they're the kids and we are to teach them. And if we kind of turn the tables around and, and look at where we are with God, as an adult, we're still a children or a child of God. And look at so many times where we've done something wrong or committed a sin and God has given us grace. He doesn't always come down on us and, and, and you know, just the way we come down on our kids. And I think some parents believe that they're just, they just have this authority to have that power when, but when it comes time for their turn at, at being a child of God, they would want the same grace and forgiveness and, and love from God. Right. I definitely, I definitely learned a lot about that, um, through this class, and again, I am definitely a work in progress, but um, knowing when to show grace um, and knowing when uh, to discipline um, is it's so important, and especially in a single-parent home um, because you don't always want to be, you know, like, I, it's like I don't want to be constantly disciplining, you know, um, and you find that because you're the only one thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have to switch roles pretty, <laughs> pretty straight. Yeah. Well, I yeah, think just yeah. if you just have a goal of you know a home should be loving, fun, and a happy, a happy home. This is not a boot camp or boardroom where you run your corporate business meetings. You know, this is a home. <laughs> yeah, I like. There was one um, lesson in single and parenting, and it was about the disciplining of our kids, and it was really about laying out. Um, you know, what was expected in the home and then what the consequences would be. Wasn't it like ice? Um, yeah, it was ice. Yeah. Right. Um, and, um, and, and I find that that's so important, and it does allow, allow for grace when you have the instruction and then you can give the consequences, right? And so the kids are aware of the consequences. They're not as likely to do them, but I think that as single parents, we're more in the re- reactive um, mode where we're constantly reacting to things, but it, when you put things in perspective and you, you have instruction in the house, I think it, it definitely goes a long way um, and allows us to discipline our kids and give grace um, in different situations when the kids know the rules, you know, and if that makes sense. Are you there? Uh-oh. Oh yeah, there we go. I was um let's remind the listeners that ICE is an acronym for um instructions, consequences and expectations. And you're on point there, Carrie, when you said when you lay down the foundation of what's expected and here's how you do it. You know, the how comes from example and teaching. And if you don't go by what's expected and taught, yeah, there's still gonna be consequences. You can't let your kids just um, run wild, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in cl- in closing, Carrie, again, I appreciate your time on Journey to Success. If you could leave a last tip to our listeners, um, 
you know, where to go as a single parent when they're seeking for help? Who should they turn to or what are some first resources they should look into? Um, well, your local church um, first. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, you have a, a pastor or someone that you can you can um, talk to. Um, but also on the uh, single and parenting website, you can look up if there are classes in the neighborhood you would just have to type in your zip code and it would bring up if there are classes in your area. But um, but I think you're going to find, um, you know, in the Word of God is, is where we're going to find our peace. Um, and spending that alone time with God, um, he, he loves us more than anybody else. And His Word is truth, it's life for our, for our souls. And um, so I hope I've answered that. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yes, that's beautiful. All right, Journey to Success listeners, that's our show today with Carrie Ann Casillas, and I'll leave you with what footprints do we want to leave behind for our kids to follow? To get your copy of You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges, get it on Amazon.com for more parenting tips. And until next time, I'm April J. Ford, and remember to share and spread your joys and blessings. Bye for now, everybody.